Welcome to the Christian Campfire Conversations podcast, where we have real conversations about real topics. Our goal is to educate believers in order to fulfill the Great Commission. So without further ado, let's get on to the podcast. What, what is, is up? going on? My Basic? Family. Ah, good my, to see you guys again. My, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. We are here with another episode of Christian Campfire Conversation C3 Podcast. Yes, and it's just been a really good. We are in officially in 2024. Um, this is the first podcast recorded in 2024. That's right, that's right. And, you know, it. the podcast has, I can't say that a thousand people listen to it, but we have impacted a, a number of people. I, I recently have just heard from a couple people that they they really like the podcast, and so not to say that to puff myself up or puff us up, yeah. but it it just really is encouraging to hear that you are making a difference to somebody in somebody's life. So thank you for all of the people that have listened and thank you to all the new listeners in 2024. We're really looking forward to this year. We hope that we can just bring you some really great content um, of all the subjects that you guys are interested in. This isn't about us. It's about furthering God's kingdom, and how do we do that? We do that through God's people and and bringing more people to His king into His kingdom. So, thank you for our listeners in 2023 yes, and yes. to 2024. So, I just wanted to give that little shout out to y'all. Yeah, I mean, that was that was great. I mean, it was because of you guys in 2023 that this thing's still going. Because, you know, I mean, it would have been easy to kind of get discouraged without some of the support from you guys. And it, I thank God for Him allowing us to see some of the fruits of our labor and doing this and so i'm very very thankful for that and thankful for this this year how's your how's your christmas man because we recorded the episode before christmas yeah. and then the one with tim before christmas yep. is out on the same night so um so yeah there's there's no secrets on this podcast there's okay. no secrets so how was your christmas it was really good non-traditional hit um, very non-traditional if you've listened to that one if you haven't listened to that one please do that was a real fun one to do um so yeah i went to well, first of all, we had Christmas um, Eve with my family and did all our stuff. And then Christmas Day was with my dad's family. So uh, my grandma's going through some health complications. So it was really it's really good to see her um, there. And um, she's, you know, starting to make some good progress on on the front of feeling a little bit more joy. She's just really getting down on herself because of a lot of bad things going on, and so it's understandable. So it was good to see her um, be able to be around her uh, family and her great-grandchildren. That's always great. Yeah. And then uh, we got done there, and then we left uh, the next morning at 4 in the morning to uh, go to Yeesh. Canada. So we uh, scooted on down to, scooted on up to the Great North, Great White North, uh, just really only an hour across north of the border. So uh, it's about a 16-hour drive. Went up there with my nephew and my sister and my brother-in-law and my parents. Man. Yeah, we're traveling with a 15-month-old, and he did amazing. And we spent up, he's a homie. Yeah, he is. He's a home dog. Um, we spent there until the 31st. We came back and uh, got home, showered before the new year, walked into the new year feeling clean. Interesting. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really great. So my Christmas was great. <laughs> New Year's was great. And um, yeah, that's about it for me. What's up? How uh, how was yours? Uh, mine was good. Yeah, we went up to 
Central Kansas to go see some family and stay the night with my grandparents and I had Christmas with all my little cousins and stuff, so that was fun. We came home on Christmas Day and had Christmas with my brothers and sisters. It was the first time that we've been together in like a long time, like just us. So that was that was really good to be together and and have fun and and then yeah, it was very relaxing. I went back to school <laughs> like Thursday. I forgot about school. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you did. Uh-huh. Do we gotta play basketball uh, Friday night? So yeah, it was, it's been it's been good. It's been fun. It's great. It's yeah. always a great day when you need to play some basketball. Yeah, good food. Good food. I'm I bet it looks Christmas. like it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired. We're, that's the only way we start Man, our podcast dude, like, with shots. It's, it's almost like. It's <laughs> oh almost wait, like never mind. I'm trying to transition. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me. It's almost like we're at war. I know. With each other. With each other, is that really what we wanted to take? And this? it's and it's almost like we're also in a spiritual war with Satan and his demons. I'm still struggling to find the connection there, but hey, I'm gonna just roll with you it. You said shots fired. And shots I said fired. It's almost like we're at war. You know who's firing shots at us? Who? Satan. That would have been dude. much better. Okay. What? A, <laughs> are you want the job? You want you want to transition? Oh, I've fumbled the bag too many times to get the job. So <laughs> honestly, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about spiritual warfare this week and kind of what That goes sounds like a scary word. Warfare? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. I yeah. mean it's real. It's real. I think one of the biggest emphasis is em- emphases. Emphases is that the word? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> em- emphasis is Yeah, let's go with that. One of the biggest things that I can emphasize There you go. That's the way to do it. Um is that there is a war going on because mm-hmm. in America it can kind of feel like, oh, dude, like we can go our day to day, and and not feel a need for God. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And so and so without this need for God that we can you know we we don't have we don't go hungry mm-hmm. we we're warm or we're you know we got AC in our house we don't feel the need for God. Okay, and I so see in, where you're going. Yeah. And so in turn. We don't necessarily see the enemy either, right? And like Satan, we're not ha- sorry, we're not having to worry about our day to day needs. Exactly, those are all met, so it's can be hard to find a need per se need for God. Yeah. And one of the smartest thing that Satan has done in our country specifically has taken himself out of the public eye, almost to say you could say that. I, that might be kind of a weird way to put it, but we don't think about Satan a lot, and and other people don't you know they don't recognize satan they don't really uh see satan as real and so then in turn the people that aren't christian since they aren't seeing satan mm-hmm. or that evil they don't see god i just may want to correct you a little bit on that i think uh mainstream has been desensitized to satan okay um in the fact that you know we see these people who are outright having like demonic uh showings like where they're wearing horns and like they're crucifying themselves Uh like almost seems like satan worship and so we've desensitized our i guess they have desensitized their brains to that satan's real and so i i would say that satan moves very slyly like under the radar there yeah um that's kind of the way that i see it there i see what you're saying and what we're both echoing here I mean, because we both, I mean, we agree that Satan is working mm-hmm. in our world, um, is from Ephesians 6. I mean, it's super common passage. Um, yeah, I definitely know it. 
<laughs> but <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 is talking about the armor of God. Um, it says, verse 10, I'm going to read all this, this big chunk, and then I'm going to kind of go, we're going to go back a little bit. Okay. It says, um, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There, uh, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So in verse 12, this is what Keenan and I were talking about. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against all this, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. So what that's saying is, is the devil has authority. The devil is is a ruler on this earth. The devil has been the prince. Good. Yeah, the prince, the power of the air. He has authority on this earth, and this isn't to say that God is somehow like his sovereignty is is knocked a little bit because Satan has authority. Excuse me. No, this is but what we're saying is that God has given Satan the ability to rule on this earth. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big deal. I mean, this guy wants to steal, kill and destroy. That's what it says in uh 1st or 2nd Peter. Like he doesn't want the best for us. He wants the worst for us. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely generating some thoughts while you were doing, while you were saying all that, and uh, now that's my turn to speak, they have escaped that. my brain. Now, um, one of the things that made me think, what it made me think about, is how it states that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but it, uh, at times it really does seem that way because our our disagreements, our quarrels, and and what whatnot are are against humans. But we got to think about why. Are humans the way that they are? Why do they? Why are? Why is everyone born with this innate nature to sin? Um, it, it, well, and it goes back to the fall of mm-hmm. of man. You know, Adam and Eve live on this perfect world where there's no sin, no pain, no tears, nothing, just completely perfect. And Satan, the serpent, tempts Eve to take a bite of this apple and and dooms the rest of of uh, humanity. With or th- she gives this this uh, this pain to us, and you know this tear now where we can feel pain, and it's not perfect anymore. So even when we're talking about dealing, like we are dealing with flesh and blood, but that's because of Satan, the sin of Satan entering or the sin entering the world that Satan is the self-proclaimed prince of. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's and that's. One of the things that I want to emphasize is just that this battle is really going on, is that there really is a war going on in our world. There's a war going on for your life and for 
everybody's soul. And if you put your trust in Jesus and you are a Christian, you're a born-again Christian, you don't have to worry because you are saved from the penalty mm -hmm. of your sins no matter what you do. Um, Satan, in some terms, cannot touch you. He cannot, I mean, he, you're his, you know. Right. Uh, who's ever in my hand will not be cast out. I think that's a scripture. Um, and so you don't have to worry. But the people that aren't Christian, like Satan, he, I mean, he's drawn them towards them. And he's not in a necessarily, you know, Satan works in so many different ways. And I mean, one of the ways that he works, I think, in this world, and again, this is just my opinion, is I think he works by just distraction. I mean, mm -hmm. no one, I mean, you just have to be distracted your entire life to the point to where you never realize, and that's kind of going back to the day-to-day -day thing, mm -hmm. people in America, I mean, if you just distract them for years and years and years, you're never going to make them feel the need for God. Yeah, and on that front of distraction, I mean, the I think Satan, the, one of the things he tries to distract more than anything is prayers, <laughs> especially as speaking as an individual who has self-diagnosed ADHD. <laughs> I'm trying to pray and in not yeah. not bad things, but things that are not in my prayers are popping in here that I don't need to be thinking about right now. Yeah, and Satan just I I feel as if he puts he tries to plant these thoughts in your mind. Now let's let's just make this clear: Satan does not have the power to put these things in your mind. He he works with deception, but he cannot make you do anything. He yeah. has no power over your body. Yeah, I mean, you still have you know if Satan says, "Oh hey." Look at this, um, look at this guy. He's being mean to you. He's being like rude to you. Like if you punched him, that's not Satan doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Satan may be saying, "Hey, you should punch him," but you still have the free will to say, "No, I'm not gonna punch him." Right. And oh man, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Oh, and and one wonderful book that gives awesome insight into the spiritual battle that's going on is by C.S. Lewis called The Screwtape Letters. Have you read it? I have not. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. Yes. I, I, I mean, I read it years ago. Uh, I say years, but it's been probably like four years. So um, you were 10. Four years. I was 14. Four years ago. That's crazy, though. And <laughs> and so I read it. I read it a couple years ago, so I don't remember it all in detail, but it just gives awesome insight. So it's it's essentially this senior demon, this older demon, he's giving advice to a younger demon, or like they call him like a junior tempter. Okay. So Interesting. his his uncle is screw tape. Okay. It's like this is like his nephew demon. And so he's there you only see the letters from Uncle Screwtape down to the nephew, I think. And then he'll be like you can kind of catch hints of like him responding. He's like, in your last letter you said this and this and this, like he's talking to this Christian girl and he's essentially trying to drag this guy to hell mm -hmm. is what he's, he's advising him. He's saying, look, you need to, you know, make, get him distracted. He's been hanging out with this Christian girl and he's bringing and her, she's bringing him to church and you need to, you know, try to break that off. And, and he gives him all this advice to drag him. And it's just such an interesting way to look at temptation and look at kind of how the devil might be working in your own life mm -hmm. looking at it from the perspective of uh you know the devil's army you could say and so i i, I love that book and yeah. i would recommend it to you know everyone because it's, it's not a long read it's it's in it's kind of hard to read because it's like that older english right but <clears throat> uh but yeah dude you should read it for sure and anyone else you should definitely read it out there um it's it's super good 
Well, and I think that's one thing that the Satan's whole existence and power over this generation or of these people that are alive at this time is that he operates on the uh, he he operates in deception because he doesn't want people to know that he's he's real. He tries, like I said, he tries to desensitize people to the fact that he is real and he is working because the biggest lie that he wants you to believe is that he's re- he's not real and he's not causing these bad things to happen. He wants to, and I think another way that he he um, works is in offering instant gratification for just really small pleasures that, as you can tell by the name, are instant and not long-lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like that's the contrast between, well, one of the many contrasts between God and the devil is that the devil offers short-term pleasures that only last for a finite time. God offers pleasures that are an infinite. Yeah. And to kind of maybe, um, make this a little bit more applicable. So, so for instance, the devil so say you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and the devil says, Hey, you know, you should have sex with your boyfriend, girlfriend. And that's right there. That's instant gratification. I know we've talked about this in the past Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, I think I used a fire illustration that I heard from, from JP or David Martin or something, you know, it's like pouring lighter fluid on the fire. The fire is going to go, it's going to blow up and it's going to be really hot for just a short amount of time. And then it's going to die. Yeah. That's instant gratification. That's not going to be long lasting. It's going to cause a lot of turmoil. It's going to cause sin. It's going to cause so many things that are not good as if you were to do it god's way it would be a fire that if you 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 have kindling and then you put fuel to it that is long lasting it's burn hotter burn longer burn faster but that's that that's what you're talking about this this dichotomy that we have it's like okay you know satan offers this this instant gratification this sin that's gonna wreck you know my life right now you know or it could harm it or god offers this longer lasting more joyful way Mm-hmm. And so I want to choose that way. Yeah, I. That's really good. First of all, um, and then I, I. What one thing that comes to my mind is this this graph that they show, um, a line graph, of the progression of a drug addict. You know that first time, say, I mean, what's your your drug of choice is heroin, and you hit that high for the first time. You are the highest. That's like the most. What's the happy drug that the chemical in your brain? Dopamine. Uh, dopamine. I think yeah, like you have a dopamine spike and you 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 know you cling to that and then you just crash and you, it, yeah. it goes down and then then your next high is you know maybe three quarters of that and then you go down even lower. Your yeah. next high is maybe half of that three quarter and you see your high you and your high keeps on having to get your high needs more needs more drugs. And even at that, you can't get back to that first time that you took it. And each time that you take it, you continue to go down after you crash. Yeah, because it's like like what you're talking about. Like you have a high, and then however high your high is, is how low your low is for your dopamine. So it's like you you don't even return to baseline. You return below baseline. Right. And so you're constantly just fighting to get that. And that's the way that, you know, the devil works in our lives. And so it's like, okay, so this is happening. We have... We're in a battle right now, so we have to defend against it. And one of the things that we have to remember as Christians 
is just because Satan has authority, just because Satan is a, has some power on this earth, doesn't mean that we are powerless. Doesn't mean that yeah. we are just absent from, we shouldn't even try because Satan's going to win. That's mm-hmm. not how we should look at it because we have been given authority by Christ. Right through the Holy Spirit, that we can say no to the devil. Right. As Yeah, exactly. As a Christian, we are given, we are given power over the devil. I um, believe it says somewhere, like, we can step on the neck. Like, you can, you can apply that pressure to, to Satan. Stomp on the devil? Yes. I've, I've seen that a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Um, and... Uh, Let's move a little bit from what's happening to some application of how do we deal with it. I think it's clear now that the demonic realm is working in America and all of the world, and it's evident for those who open their eyes to see it. So now um, in Ephesians, we're given what shall we do about it. Yeah, I mean, it says, like, man, dude, Paul, writing this letter to the Ephesians, I mean, he says... Uh, stand firm, like, or take your stand, like, multiple times through this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's really wanting to emphasize, I know I've said that word, like, 40 different times in this, but... You want to emphasize that point, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really, like, emphasize. like, you have to take your stand against the devil's schemes, okay? So, the first um, piece of armor that he talks about is... What do you think, Keegan? It is the... Oh, it's not the breastplate. That's like the third one. Nope. It's not the breastplate. It's the second one. The belt of truth. The belt. Well, how are you going to put the belt on before you put your pants on? It doesn't, it doesn't talk about pants because that's on a piece of like armor. Well, I know, but can you do that? Do you put the belt on? I need a... I need a hey, Saturn called. They want their belt back. <laughs> <laughs> what I want What I want to know is how, how do you put on armor? I need a, a, a lesson in sh- chivalry. Dude, it's been a while since I've studied that. Because I do remember, like, so your belt would have, I think it, like, would have held up a lot of your, I mean, obviously would have held up your pants. And I think it would have had your, your holster. So is, your that some, is that something where the belt goes on first and then everything else kind of hooks up to that? I I, I want to say per se, um, but I just, I would say that, you know, if you you put your pants on, then you put your belt on. Yeah. Like one that's one of your the first things you put on. Like yeah. you don't put your breastplate on first. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I'm sure there's some significance to that, but we're not like yeah, pastors or anything, are we? No. <laughs> no, we're not. So we put on our belt of truth. Belt of truth. And and this is I think I think one of the I mean, truth is what just comes everything comes I don't know how am I trying to put this? Truth like comes first, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't distinguish lies if you don't have the truth, right? Because a a lie is the opposite of the truth. You don't, and you know, it, you have to establish what's right before you can establish what's wrong. Exactly. That's what that's what I'm trying to get. Yeah. At. I just kind of because wrongs are just contrasts of what's right. Yeah, I yes. just kind of I just kind of yep. think about it. Yep. And so so yeah, I mean, the the belt of truth, like, man, there's so much uh, relativism now. You know, I ideology it's like man we mm-hmm. don't know what is truth your truth yeah there's a your truth and this just kind of says look you got to put on the belt of truth and you mm-hmm. may be thinking well dude what what's truth exactly 
what is truth, but truth is what is given to us in the word. Yeah, truth is the word. I mean, mm-hmm. this has the answers. I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, this has the answers to almost every single situation that we have in our lives. It touches everything. It doesn't talk about in depth on everything. Exactly. But it has principles for almost everything for everything that we go through mm-hmm. in our lives, even though it's you know, two thousand years old is the newest book. Yeah. You know, which is crazy. And so this is truth. And, you know, we're a part of a a confused generation that's, you know, and so how do we clear the confusion around? Mm -hmm. Well, we put on the belt of truth and we say, look, I have the answers to these questions. Mm -hmm. Even I might not know them off the top of my head, but I know where to look. Right. And it's right here. The devil, the devil works in lies and deception and God works in truth. And John... Oh, John, what chapter is that in John? There's a there's a verse in John I'm thinking of. It calls the devil the father of lies. And I'm not going to be able to find it now that I want to find it. But I promise it's in there. I believe you. I know. No, you do. Hold on. I'm going to find it. Are you going to? I think it's in chapter 6. That's why I'm in chapter 10. <laughs> Good point. Hold on, hold on. Hold, oh, that's seven. No, where's it at? Because I know it's on like the right side of the page. Right, my right page. Oh, man, okay. Man, where is it at? Hold on. What's, what's, our, what's our next piece of armor, Max? Okay, the the devil is the father of lies. That's what that's what I'm going to get. Moral of the story. Okay, moral yes. of the story. I can't find the verse, but it's in it's in the book of John. Okay, the next piece of armor is the breastplate of righteousness. Okay. Mm-hmm. But dude, I'm not I'm not righteous. No man, no man is righteous. Not even one. Yeah. Not alone. Not alone. Not alone. I can't be righteous alone. Exactly. So we are granted a status of righteous. We are. We identify as righteous in God. Uh. <laughs> no, we are given the status of a righteous person because of what Christ did on the cross for us. On our own, there is not one thing that we can do to be righteous because for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, even one sin. Yeah, because of the devil's lies, we've been given this sin nature and so that we cannot be righteous. But thankfully... Thank the Lord that he sent his son to give us the Holy Spirit. His so advocate. His advocate mm-hmm. and the high priest. Or our advocate. Yes, so that we can be righteous. We have the ability to stomp on the devil. We have the ability to stomp on our sin mm-hmm. and say no to sin because of the Holy Spirit. Yep, we're granted that status of righteous and individuals. That's, that's the breastplate of righteousness. That would... That protects all our internal organs, and and righteousness protects us from unnecessary harm. Mm-hmm. So, like when Todd Becker was on here, and he was talking about his brother, or not Todd Becker, Keith was talking to Keith Becker was talking about his brother Todd, and his Todd died in a um, alcohol uh, car accident, mm-hmm. alcohol related car accident, um, and that's unnecessary harm. If they would have listened to God's commands, if they would have done the righteous thing, according to the Bible, they might not have been at the party. They wouldn't mm-hmm. have been drinking to get drunk. They wouldn't have been drinking underage, which is against the government, which is against God's 
law, Romans chapter 13, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have been there. They would not have been in that situation. So that's protecting us, that his righteousness is protecting us from the devil's schemes, from unnecessary harm. And I think right. that's important to note that it's protecting us. God's mm-hmm. commands are for our benefit. They aren't yeah. just for, he's not this universal police officer that's wanting to keep us from doing fun things that others do. No, he is helping us. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. That's next one. The next one. Next Let's piece. In addition to all this, so he's saying, dude, on top of all this, like we have, you got to put on these things. Exactly. And then also take up the shield of faith. So the Romans, they would have had this kind of shield. It would have been like, it was four feet tall and it was two feet wide. And they would kind of like put it over their heads. Like a riot shield from Cod. Not exactly. Not exactly. <laughs> this would have been like made out of wood. Okay. Yeah. Or no. Steel. No, I think it would have been almost been made out of, I don't I can't remember what he said. I think it was made out of wood. Okay. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the sh- take up the shield of faith. The devil's going to try to prod at us and say, hey, look, you know, you're not worthy. You've done this sin. You can- God can't use you mm-hmm. because you've done this thing. God can't use you because you've sinned in this way. Yeah. You're worth nothing. And mm-hmm. it's no. I have faith in God that s- just because I've sinned, God can still use me. David uh, committed adultery, murdered, lied. Moses killed a man. Right. I mean, all these awesome biblical characters made so many mistakes. Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, had seven, what was it, like 700 wives and like 300 concubines? Like, I mean, that's just crazy. All these guys made mistakes. And they could have easily been discouraged by Satan saying, God can't use you because you've sinned. Yeah. But... They took up the shield of faith, and they said, no, look, I have faith that whatever I've done, my God can save me from, mm-hmm. because God is more powerful than my sin. Jesus has defeated the power that sin has over us. He's defeated that power, and he's given us the ability to say no to sin. Yeah, and a little side note about faith uh, reminds me of when that uh, when we had... Uh, Oh gosh, what's his name? Who? Geisler, David Geisler. Yeah, right, David Geisler on, on on our podcast, and he talked about the distinction between belief that and belief in. the The part of that that d- deals with faith is belief in. You know, we believe in God, and that's a faith that goes beyond all of our mis- like all of our hard times, because it's a faith that cannot be wavered by something, by bad things happening in our life. Like you said, all these individuals who struggled with uh, troubles of various kinds, and um, they had faith through all of that. So I just want to make that distinction of kind of what, what faith is. It's, it's, it's not belief that. It's not that all because we've seen of all these things. It's, it's belief in God, and that's something that transcends even our diff, most difficult times. Yeah. No, that's that's a that's a great point. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Verse seventeen, halfway, take the helmet of salvation. And when I read this earlier, I just made a connection to my head. Whenever we are so what does a helmet protect? Your head. Yeah. And so sometimes we get in our head, right? 
we're like, oh man, how am I going to meet this deadline? How am I going to pay these bills? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? We start to worry. Mm-hmm. And if we take the helmet of salvation and we say, look, I don't have to worry because I have hope for the future that God has saved me, that God has saved me from the punishment of my sins, which is eternity in hell. I don't have to worry about all these things mm-hmm. because I have the helmet of salvation. I know that God is protecting me. Yeah. I don't have to worry. Yeah. 100% agree. <laughs> I don't got much more to say about the helmet. Okay. I mean, that doesn't mean that it's not important. It is. No, it it's is. Equally as each part is as important of the body. That's right. Now we move on to the last piece of armor and mm-hmm. the only offensive. Yep. I think that's piece of very armor. important. The only offensive piece of armor, because what we've been talking about so far is on defense. Uh-huh. When the devil's attacking us, what do we do? We, we play defense. We say, look, no, God has saved me. No, look, I don't have to say yes to you, Satan, because I have said yes to God. I have the breastplate of righteousness on. Now we come to the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And this sword, it would it would have been kind of a shorter sword, kind of like if you're watching online, it would have been you know, like this wide and like this long. And it would have been lighter so that they could kind of move quickly and stab. And this is a very important piece of armor. This is something that I need to work on a lot in my own life. You know, calm myself out here. Well, if you weren't going to do it, I was going to. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because, Because we have this sword. We have the word of God in our hands, on our phones. And, I mean, how do we use it, though? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the biggest question is, how do we use the Word of God? Well, first of all, we have to practice. Yeah. We have to practice. I mean, did you think the Roman soldiers who Paul would have been looking at at the time of writing that, you think they just like, they picked up the story they looked at, they're like, man, this thing's pretty cool. Ooh, it's pretty sharp. Gonna and put then, it up on the shelf. And then put it up on the shelf, click the dust. They, they, I mean, they, you know, they may have taken an hour like for like Special five, occasions. five minutes every Every morning. Yeah, when some, some or, someone important came to town. You know, yeah, someone yeah. important came to town, or they got it out once a week on Sunday for, yeah. you know, they kind of lightly used it or whatever. No, they practiced and practiced and practiced with it every day, all the time, because they knew that they had to be good with it. Right. Because they're, they're going to be at war. And mm-hmm. the same thing is for us. We have to practice and practice and practice using this. Um, in Matthew chapter 4, we see Jesus, our Lord and Savior, using the sword of the Spirit. I think this is a pretty common uh, passage here. Um, oh, sorry. Excuse me. Verse, yeah, verse, chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Yeah. You didn't eat for 40 days. I was hungry after the first. He's pretty hungry. I was after after the first 12 hours. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then further on, he he says, It is also written, Away from me, Satan, for it is written. He's using the sword in action. Mm -hmm. The devil comes and attacks him, and instead of just playing defense, he counterattacks him and says, look, no, it is written in God's word that I don't have to do this. I don't have to. Do not test the Lord your God. I think one thing that's really important, one distinction I want to make, is that how many pieces 
of equipment were used for defense? What is that, four, four or five? Uh, belt, breastplate, helmet, shield. Yeah, so four pieces were defense. One is offense. So we don't want to be doing offense four times more than we're doing defense because that can give you that reputation of someone who's always fighting, looking for the next battle. There's a reason you don't have a sword in both hands. Yeah. You know? So that's just like, obviously, God has given us this sword that is the Bible to refute the claims of the devil. Counterattack. Counterattack, but not to attack. Exactly, because it's it's an attack, like, it's not a attack like a, like I'm thinking of Star Wars. Like a Jedi is never the one to make the first blow. Yeah, it's almost and it's not to attack other people. It's to attack Satan. Exactly. You know, I think that's I think that's kind of where you're getting that right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's to attack the devil and his schemes because he's going to be attacking us. You know, and, and so I used to have, I used to not realize what spiritual warfare was, and so this is like looking back, it's kind of funny, but. It's also not funny, too, at the same time. But so I would, I struggled to read the Bible as a kid, and I still struggle now, but I really struggled. And so I just when, struggled to read. Whenever I got, whenever I got into it, right, yep. I would start reading my Bible, and then that day, like, man, I would just, like, I would get, I would be angry or something, or I'd, I'd be in a, I'd get in a fight with my brother, or I would do this thing, or I would, I would just be, like, make more mistakes after I read my Bible than when I did it. Mm-hmm. And I like, I remember like sitting in my room and I was like, man, this feels like every time I read my Bible, I mess up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even like really realize that the devil, like he left me alone when I wasn't reading my Bible. But when I was reading my Bible, he was attacking me more. Mm-hmm. And I realize that now. Cause you're more of a danger. Exactly. To his so-called kingdom. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, like is the devil attacking you? Right. Because if he's not, you might not be doing something right. Right. Like, I'm not going to go if, if, say, you know, if the devil isn't attacking This is not a blanket statement yeah, for is, everybody. I mean, there's, but if the devil's attacking you, if if you feel like, man, the devil has really been tempting me, the devil's really been on me, and my mind's been wandering a lot, like these things may be happening to you, then, man, you're doing something right and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it vis- if, if eventually can get to the point where the devil's like, all right, this guy is committed to the Lord. With our 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 efforts are are better uh, focused on somebody who is not as mature as this person. Yeah. So God is not like, or the devil is not like God in the fact that he's omnipresent, because God can be everywhere at once. The devil cannot. Yeah. I, I don't bring that up. I, I don't. I don't get how that works because I feel like the devil is definitely working and well, like I think, I think affecting different people's lives but at the same time he cannot be omnipresent like yeah God. like it's it's a demon that's that's tempting you kind of like you know uncle screw tape is tempting you like i mean i def like jp said in like his podcast like like satan is with some world leader right now you know tempting him or prodding him in some way in my opinion i think he's uh with some world leader rather yeah. than you know me and my measly joe schmo yeah yeah um but but I think that's, you know, are, you should be strong in the Lord enough that the devil is scared of you. Right. I think it's an important point. And, yeah, if he is, if the devil is tempting you, that means, I, I believe that means you're doing something right. Because he's so. he's scared of what, what you could do if you lived up to your full potential in Christ. Yep. You know, 
okay, say let's just make this is this too real. Let's say you you took the step to to start going to church again, especially with this new year coming around the corner. That that happens more more often. You're like, all right, I need a 2024 is going to be my year. I'm going to start going to church. So you start going to church first Sunday, which was this Sunday. Congratulations. And, you know, you start reading your Bible more, and you start living that life that God wants you to live. And the devil sees you. It's like, okay, here's a Christian who has not, who has is not very mature in their faith, and that's to say nothing bad about you, but you have, you have not been uh, practicing this for very long. So you're going to be a target for, for the devil, and he is... He is trying to make you doubt your worth that you have in Christ. He's trying to make you doubt every single thing in your life. Battle through it. I, I promise you, if there's something difficult in the way, I'm sure there's a great prize on the other end. Yep. Um, like we said, the distinction between instant gratification and infinite gratification. Because God offers infinite, Satan offers temporary. It's going to go away. God's... God's gift of salvation, that's never going to go away. The joy nope. that we find through our troubles is going is never going to go away. Not to say that you're always going to feel happy. I promise you won't. I don't yep. always feel happy, that's for sure. But we are offered joy through our trials unto the, gra- unto the grave. And then once we get to heaven, that's in, we get to spend yeah. the rest of time with God in right. perfect majesty. Yeah, exactly. And I just... I want to touch on how we use our sword effectively because I think that's I think it's important because we we kind of just talked about how we have to use our sword. Um, Psalms one nineteen eleven says, "I have hidden your word in my heart, so that I might not sin against you." And what he's saying is he's saying, "Look, I have, I have memorized your word so that I might not sin right. against you." One of my, um, one of my, good, uh, friends, Pastor Kevin Myers. Uh, he's pastors up in Kansas City, Kansas City area, and he preached a sermon over the sword of the spirit. And you know, I lost my notes. I was gonna look in there, but I think I didn't lose them there in my house. But anyway, <laughs> he was he preached a sermon and he talked about this. You know, you have to be meditating. You have to be meditating on God's word. You have to be reading it. You have to be listening to it. You have to be in it to to practice it to learn how to use the sword to be able to use it in an effective way. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just want to throw that in there. No, exactly. If you're going to, yeah, just to reiterate what you said, if you're going to, if you're going to want to be prepared for battle, you got to train and there's training, training in God that, you know, that includes reading your Bible, praying, meditating. That's a difficult one. And then practicing in the world. Uh, Cause you can't live amongst, you can't just live amongst believers. You need to go practice in the world be around non-believers at times to to it sounds really condescending almost to say to practice but we are being prepared for battle so take these small battles they're they're little you know small villages that we're taking over that's <laughs> maybe not a great uh maybe not the best illustration but you know you're fighting small villages so when the whole the whole country comes after you then you're ready yeah yeah but, but be the warrior be the that warrior. the saints afraid that that saints afraid of exactly all right. Do you have anything else? If I was Satan, I'd be afraid of me too. I wouldn't. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Peace, Peace out, basic, basic family. family. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Christian Campfire Conversations. I'll see you next week.